Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are, you now, are now listening, listening to, to The War Report, Wednesday, Wednesday Night, night war, war Room. room. With your host, host. C-Dope. It's your boy Caesar Walker. I got my boys with me. Mike, Mike. G. G. Get your weight up. Strength and conditioning. Development. Ice Jones. Jones. Stop thinking with your emotions and watch the tape. And be real. Which is not normal for me. It's taking something out of me. Are you ready? Because we are now locked and loaded for the Wednesday Night War Room. Let's go! B, mm-hmm. we've had a live show since our weekend tailgate. It was Ike and Mike talking about the latest commitment yeah. to Auburn. Well, it's not the latest anymore. There we uh, go. Yeah. Talked about Robbie Ashford, uh, the kid from Oregon. Um, they talked extensively about it. I want to know, man... What are your thoughts about this pickup? I want to hear from you. How you feeling? Who knows, man? I don't know anymore. <laughs> I, I don't know who we got, who we don't got. When we get guys, I have no idea how they project. I don't know where any of these guys are going to go. Um, by the way, as an aside, I cannot stream the game and watch it while I am doing this show because my internet will slow down. So, chat, please keep us up to date. Please. Can't watch the game. We're doing this for y'all. All right. I can watch it technically, but I'm the host, so I got to stay engaged. So, uh, yes, please update us. Please. Please be sure to update please, us please on, update. on how the game was looking. But go ahead, um, B. Honestly, man, I was probably the least worried about, you know, just, all right, the, the transfer portal is good for kids. Let, let's, let's out the way. The transfer portal is great for students because they can go from – a situation that's not working for them to a situation that is working for them. When coaches just up and leave, they can do the same. I am not upset at any player that wants to leave. However, it now feels like, I don't know, you just root for a guy and, and then he's just gone. And I don't, I don't even know what, I don't know why people are leaving. And it's not just us. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. We've had high-profile quarterbacks jump back in the in the portal after already being in the portal uh, at other teams, not ours. I saw a stat today that said from 2020 and 2021, 63%, no, from 2019 and 2020 recruiting classes, 63% of the four- and five-star quarterbacks from those two classes have entered the transfer portal. 
that is amazing. I'm I'm happy that we're getting these dudes because we needed dudes. We needed competition at QB. But now, for the first time, it's starting to feel like, who am I even rooting for? And why am I rooting for you? Are you going to be gone next year? If you have a bad season or you don't play, you could be gone. If you have a great season and you think you could do better, you're going to be gone. I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah, know, it, man. It, it kind of has, it, it kind of like the significance of signing day is kind of insignificant because what, what's the likelihood of these big signees, especially if they don't play immediately, hanging around? Right. I, I don't know. You know, especially with NIL, you could be playing and still hit the portal. Right. So it's, it's, it's kind of difficult to get excited because there was a time where you would have an impressive signing class and you were expecting that class outside of injury or whatever, disciplinary issues, you expecting that class to stay with you for their whole college career. And now right. it's like we got these guys potentially on a rental. That's what all of it is. It, it puts so much pressure on coaches now because I'm looking at a program like Arkansas. They have had a bunch of guys leave. And I thought it was over right after the season ended. I thought after the season ended, all right, everybody's had their opportunity to see how the team was, to see what it might be going forward. The guys who are going to leave say they're going to leave or they say they're going to stay or really after the bowls were over, after the bowl games have been played. But then we have signing day, and then the next semester starts, and then there's a whole new wave. I'm like, wait a minute. What changed between the end of the bowl game and now? What what happened in that right. span that caused these guys to go, nah, I'm out of here? And it's not just guys who have a clear trajectory to a program where they could be more productive or starting spot either. No, it's guys who are getting in the portal who don't even have anybody calling for them yet. They they right. haven't they've been in the portal for a week or two and, and haven't gone anywhere. What is there to be gained? I mean, I'm all for a guy saying, "Look, the coach told me I was going to play. I didn't get to play, so I'm out of here." Or the coach who I liked, who had been training me, who had been teaching me the game, he left. I trusted him. I don't trust these new guys. I'm out of here. And now, man, I don't know. It, it I'm I'm confused as to what the motivation to leave these places might be. For a team like Arkansas, and I know that's not us, I don't think you could have a better rebuilding in two years than Arkansas had so far with Sam Pittman. Mm-hmm. You have a rough first year, but you show a lot of fight. Year two, you come out, you beat a couple of big boys, people who recruit better than you. Uh, you have a, uh, you win your bowl game, and you, you might be, I mean, they're not top tier in the SEC, and they never will be just logistically, but... Man, that's the program. That's the momentum you need to build your program. It looks rough, but you fight. It looks better. You win some. You got some some great players coming in. They got uh, you had Traylon Burks declared for the league. KJ Jefferson. I mean, he's not you know an all world quarterback, but he is a very good quarterback, a productive one. You got Kendall Browse, and now people are leaving left and right, and and it makes yeah. me wonder now. So, what does success look like? For anybody that's not Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, maybe USC now, depending on how quickly Lincoln Riley can get things drummed up over there, um, maybe Clemson to see if they can kind of hold on to some of the magic. If you aren't those schools, what does success even look like? You could have the best year you've had in in 10 years and then lose half your starters. 
So I yeah. now I don't know. I, I squarely put this on the NCAA, though. And it's not because kids can do this. It's because they didn't think through. They never wanted to give kids the right to make any money off of themselves. So they pushed it back and pushed it back and avoided it and avoided it until everybody said, look, we're doing this without y'all. And now they had to open the floodgates all at once instead of thinking through policies that made sense for student-athletes to make money on their own name. Instead of thinking through processes by which the transfer portal makes the most sense. Is, are these the, the most ideal rules for transferring? Instead of metering these things out slowly, see how they go, adjust it over time, all of a sudden, it's just the Wild West. And I don't know how it shakes out for anybody. Honestly, I have no what, idea. What, what, what does the NCAA do? I mean, I mean, this, I don't I know. Mean, and you can't say they become the bad guys. Not like the NCAA was well-liked well anyway. So, like, what, what do you do? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't think there is a win right now. I do think something will happen in the next few years because too many coaches, big coaches, are saying this is too much. I saw a clip of Kirby Smart in an interview saying a lot of coaches that he knows and has known for years are saying, I'm, I'm done with college because now I have to recruit so much. Now I have to worry about NIL and re-recruit players I've recruited. Now you have to work harder even. Yeah. And I think about that, like, what's, what's the appeal? If you're a football guy and you coach pros, what's the appeal to come down to college? Pros, you don't have to worry about getting players. That's the GM's job. On right. um, organizing everything, these are full-grown men who are supposed to put forty to fifty hours a week together into playing practice. You don't have to corral them. You don't have to worry about uh, NCAA sanctions. You don't have to worry about anything. You just show up, coach your players, and go home. You don't have to drive five hours down the road to go watch a kid play on Friday night. You're home with your family. I mean, honestly, it's, it sounds like a better deal at this point because now it's it's messy and there are so many rules and not so many rules at the same time. It's 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 really messy. And I'm I'm I got we started trying to talk about Robbie Ashford, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but what this means and what this made me feel was I don't know. I I'm I'm starting to feel a little indifferent about the team. And that that will change once I see us on the field. Once I see some spring practice footage, once I see some A-Day footage, I will have to get attached to whoever is out there on the field. Because right now, I don't feel attached to this team the way I used to. And that's hmm. that's just what it is right now. James, uh, James Buckley says, DD gone. Now, is that is that a prediction or you know something we don't know, James? So um, let, let us let us let us know. Let us know in the comments. Uh, Jazzy Joe, appreciate your buddy. Uh, okay, guys, challenge time. You can pick one of two challenges. Either if Auburn wins by 10, I'll super chat 100. Or if Auburn, mm, if Auburn wins by 20, he'll super chat 200, but we can only pick one B. What you think? Okay, so if, if they win by 19, is, does that count as 10? And if it hits a 20-point margin or more, I, we would have to pick the 20 to get the 200? Is that is that how that goes? We got to pick the 20. They got to win by at least 20. <laughs> what, what are you saying, John? You know what? <laughs> I, I say 10. What do you say, C? 
I'm thinking 10 2. All right. I'm think I'm thinking 10 2. So we we're oh. saying we won't win by 20, we'll win by 19 to 10. So either 10 to 19 points. You know, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling I'm Oh, here we go. I'm feeling good. Let's you want to just do 20 B? It's not that we can't, you know. It's not that we can't. You know? <laughs> Reggie said, "Be trying to hedge his bet." <laughs> yeah, but I, well, you know what I'm saying. You got to think about what you're risking. You know what are we risking here? I hundred. Well, the the ten is safe. That's the safe pick. Ten is safe. almost surefire. I'm gonna um, let you pick. I'll be here all day trying to decide. You pick. Let's Come go on, ten. Man. Okay, there we go. There we go, my conservative friend. Thank you, Steve. I'm, I'm, I'm going conservative. 10. I <laughs> going ten. Cleveland says go go big. You know what? Screw it. Go big. We're going twenty. We're going. Oh, everybody's saying go, go. go twenty. We're going twenty. Right. We're going twenty. We're going twenty. But look at look at how look at how B looking. B is like, oh, all right. Man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, I, I can't tell you how many times I had been betting. I, I I remember vividly my very first basketball betting season, and I had done really well. I bet like um. It was the biggest ticket I ever won. I won over $20,000 on one ticket. It was a very momentous occasion. Me and my wife celebrated. It was it was really fun. She wouldn't need my wife then, but she was my fiance shortly thereafter because I had the money to buy that ring. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, I had done good, and I was I was betting more because I won a lot. So, of course, I'm going to bet. And I had like $100 on like six or seven things to win that night. It was going to be like an $8,000 ticket. And the last game on the parlay, was some team winning by like 15 points. And they were up like 17 with 10 seconds left. And the other team dribbles down, hits a garbage time three, and that was it. They did not cover. <laughs> I was devastated. Devastated. I was, I remember I was friends was all in the room. I was like, woo, I'm finna get that. Nah. <laughs> I don't like I don't like living through that. Basketball's fickle, man. Basketball's fickle. So it is. It I, is. I um, if it was football, it'd be easier to call. But basketball's fickle, man. You pull your starters, and then the other team playing hard for their pride, just because they know they can't lose the game no more, and you know, give up a three or something silly. And yeah, I would take the ten. So Jazzy, we taking the ten. We're saying we will win by less than twenty points tonight. We taking it. So you are picking it. No, you said it, so I'm, I'm saying that's it. Yeah. I said 20. I said screw it. We're going 20. Oh, you did. Okay, that's right. All right, fine. Whatever. Said, Whatever C said. said 20. You, 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 I know what your heart is, and that's what I would have done, but you know, you know. All right. I, I'm, I think I'm going to regret it, but I'm willing to go for the 20. All right, let's do that. Let's do that. Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with The War Report, and you've been listening to The War Report Wednesday Night War Room. If you want to get in on the conversation early, catch us as we broadcast this show live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you check out our other content while you're there, Facts and All, The Weekend Tailgate, our player interview series, Build and Report, are going strong. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the show. All right, listen, here's how I feel about Robbie Ashford. Um... I actually, I'm excited about Robbie Ashford, actually. Okay. And I, I, you know, of course, being in the Birmingham area, I, I knew about this kid when he was at Hoover and was hearing good things. I know he got injured his senior year, didn't play a lot. Mm. Um, still put up a few numbers despite his injury. But I, I felt like this was someone who Auburn definitely had a, or should have had a chance to get. 
And I know we talked amongst ourselves. He didn't want to come to Auburn um, at the current time. And now with us having a new coach, Auburn obviously is now in play. He's at Auburn now. Last coach was QB repellent. So... For obvious reasons. And yeah. to me, I'm I'm looking forward, B, because this is, to me, I felt like we're going to have the quarterback competition that we thought we was going to have last spring. Yeah. Because you can argue that Calzada may be the front runner at the at the present time, right? Mm-hmm. He had, he's the guy with, you can argue, the most experience as a starter. Um, he's played in some big games. But I, I really think this QB competition is going to be pretty wide open, at least early. I don't know who separates themselves, but I think we're going to see. I'm really excited and looking forward to this spring because a lot is up in the air. And this is a very important fall and season for Auburn and Harson has a lot riding on it so uh, I'm curious to see what decisions are made in the spring um I don't want to see them trotting out people that I know don't have a shot right like I don't want to see Trey Lindsay I don't want right. to see people who are walk-ons like don't Sorry don't don't be disrespectful I want to yeah. see some competition uh Mike G has sent us in our in our group chat he has sent us a video of Oregon's spring game. Mm-hmm. And Ashford was like the third string, but the people ahead of him, they looked good in the spring game. He looked good. And so I think you get you got some raw talent there that that Harson and and Austin Davis can work with. I'm just I'm I'm just excited about the fact that He's brought in guys who's going to push each other, and I'm I'm waiting on the cream to rise to the top. What are your thoughts, man? So let me let me ask you this then: Do you think the spring with the camp is it four weeks of practice or five weeks? Because I think two weeks is like just weightlifting, and then it's four weeks of practice after that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. So do you think that's long enough time to actually give everybody a shot? Like that? That's my question. Now, T.J. Finley is the only person who has been with this coaching staff and run any semblance of this offense. Mm-hmm. Calzada is a veteran in years in college. He's been through a lot of practices. He's got just under one full year of starts. Ashford's got no starts, very few reps, if any. Didi's got no starts, no reps. Uh, Garner's got no starts, no reps. So if Ashford is coming here, they just signed him right now. So I don't think they would sign him to bury him on the depth chart. I don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. they've got to give him a shot in spring. Like, everybody who you just brought in, you sold them a, a something. You told them something that they liked, and that was probably, you're going to come in here and compete. If you're the best, you'll play. I imagine that's what he's telling people based on what we hear about Harson. that he's telling them, if you win the competition, if you are the best, you will play. Mm-hmm. You've got to give these guys reps. I don't think it can be like it was last year where Shale Garnett didn't really get any reps and you know, a lot of people just didn't get a shot, really. Like, yeah, they gave some walk-ons, some snaps, but Grant Lloyd obviously didn't have a chance at starting at any point right. or getting significant reps. I mean, TJ was out there on one foot, and they still didn't put Grant Lloyd in. So if they really mean, if they want us to believe that 
three of the four, and when I say three of the four, I mean Finley, Calzada, and Ashford, all have a legitimate chance to be Auburn University's starter at the quarterback position in the fall of 2022, you got to give them some time in spring. You have to install the offense with these guys and let them run it. Otherwise, they're going to be so far behind come fall that there's no real chance they could be the starter. So is that what they're telling us? Is is that is is four weeks enough time to, to even let that happen? Because te- technically, you've got four guys. Well, at least three. You've got three guys. All of them have been out of high school for at least two years. Ashford, um, uh, Finley, Finley, and, and Calzada. Yeah. So you're telling me three quarterbacks are going to get significant reps in just the spring in four weeks. Three quarterbacks two of which are learning a brand new system are going to get enough burn to actually be able to say that they took control of the job. Do, do you yeah. think that's possible? Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to be honest. I think it's going to be Finley and Calzada battling out for the first team. Um, I think behind them, I think behind those guys, you got Ashford. Yeah. I think Ashford is behind whatever reps are left, Ashford gets those. Um, I don't know what happens between now and then if D. Davis has something to say about it. But I thought it was very telling that they brought in Ashford about this. This lets me know how what they feel about Davis right now. And from yeah. a talent standpoint, we know what this kid is capable of. So I don't think it's it's talent per se that's keeping him from seeing the field, right? Yeah. I think it's something else. It has to be something else. And we've listened to Harson talk about he, we got receipts from him go stemming back to Oregon. I mean not Oregon, but Boise. Yeah, Bo- Boise. About the reason why you're not seeing guys on the field. Either they don't understand what they're supposed to be doing. Or they're not doing what we're asking them to do. Yeah. He said that back at Boise. And I have to believe that's the same guy who's our head coach at Auburn. If you're not seeing the feeling, we saw this with guys who are no longer with our program now. Yeah. We were asking, why aren't we seeing certain players who we know from a talent standpoint deserve to be on the field, but we're not on the field? Right. The reason they were not on the field is because of the things I just mentioned. They either don't understand what they're supposed to be doing or they're just not. And this is a head coach who's very detail oriented. This is a coach who actually focuses on those little things. And we've seen him reward people that we personally at the time didn't feel like should be starting or should be getting first team reps. But obviously those are guys who are doing the things in practice throughout the week, Sunday through Friday, the things he wants, and they are the ones that seeing the field because he is installing culture. And I think for some of the guys on our team, there's been some entitlement. There's been this, I'm that guy, I'm talented, I'm better than him, I shouldn't have to prove myself to a guy who just got here, and it's the wrong attitude. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't know what changes between now, but Harson has sent the message that if you're not going to do what I want you to do, if you're not going to buy in, I will bring guys who, will, who are bought in from the jump. Yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> that that seems so, to be how it's going to go. And I mean, it's it's hard to argue with him, though, right? This yeah. is his program. He's going to run it the way he wants to run it. I think yeah. that's going to be beneficial when we do fill out this roster to where it's nothing but the guys he wants to have. It's going to be great. I, I think we will be great. I don't think we'll be suffering from, hey, our most talented wide receiver didn't really carry the culture like the coach wanted to. So right. we don't see him, and now we look suspect at wide receiver for like half the season. That I mean, that was a liability. Wide receiver was a liability, partially because we didn't have a fantastic room, a very experienced room, but also because he didn't let some of the talent on the field. It's hard to not be upset at that when we are losing games because we don't have the best talent on the field. Right. In two years, when it's nothing but his guys, we've got to assume that the best, best talent, talent on our team will right. be on the field because those guys will be bought in just as much as the guy who's a walk-on. Right. And and then it'll look different. So I'm, I'm reluctantly... Let's say this. I'm optimistic... Because I do think Harson is a better coach. We instantly, him being here, what we saw between September and October was a very big difference. Now, we saw some terrible things in November. We did. But we knew we had some liabilities, and I think that they disguised them for a while. Um, we, don't, we didn't necessarily have the right guy calling plays. He's fixed that. We needed some more competition at QB. He's fixed that. Um, we needed to reload in the secondary. They fixed that. And offensive line, you know, we, you know, kind of got the same old guys, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> got, the guy, right. Got the same old guys. So we haven't, we haven't won. And this is still a really big concern of mine. Our offensive line needed a boost. And we got more of the same from how many guys are returning. We got three guys coming back. It's not that these guys, these guys were terrible. They were decent. No. They they needed to be better in at running at uh in the run game. We can make some assumptions about how much better they can get with another year, and especially with cohesion. Um right. keeping one of those guys would have been cool, but keeping three of the guys who are already up to standard as far as communication, strategy, and and style of play on the line, that's a really good thing. However, Man, we that means of all the guys who hit the portal who were good offensive linemen, we didn't get any of them. There was a Western Kentucky offensive lineman. I think he already re- recruited, uh, committed elsewhere. Two guys from Virginia. We didn't get them. There, there were very few. Not There were less offensive linemen to get than there were quarterbacks, which is wild. But we did not get a one. That is concerning. Is Will Friend that guy for us at offensive line coach, or is he not? Listen, I, I've been I've been the one to say I've been the one to say let's 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 give him the 2023 to see what he does, but I I cannot defend what he has done up to this point. Yeah, I cannot, I cannot because he, he, all these coaches started around the same time with this staff, and they've been able to get some guys right. And and the thing that we were sold on with Will Friend was that you know he had success at Tennessee. He's coaching the SEC. He can recruit. And I thought it was very interesting that guys left Tennessee offensive lineman, Wanya Morris comes to mind, didn't follow Will Friend. Right. I thought that was very telling. Yeah. 
Uh, I thought that was very interesting, I should say. So mm-hmm. he's on the clock. He's on the clock. Um, I think he's, I think after year one, he is easily, now that Bobo is gone, um, the least popular coach on our coaching staff. And I think that it's going to be interesting to see what he's able to do in terms of development with the guys we have versus the talent he's attracting to Auburn as well. Um, Brian Hancher says culture is hard to change. Look at Florida. Listen, culture is going to be hard to change just in this new normal we have that's college football because it's again, kids don't have to be locked in anymore. Yeah. Like kids, kids can be just as fickle as coaching staffs can be now. Yeah. So it's, I, you know, given Harson's per, I just don't know the timing of, I'm, I'll be honest, B, the timing of Harson. I like Harson. I like what he stands for. But I really don't know, given how freely guys can leave a program and NIL deals and whatnot, I don't know if that makes it a lot tougher to change this culture. So you think he might be a better coach in 1995 than 2022? <laughs> I mean, he's an old school coach. He's old school. He's an old school coach. I don't know if the times are conducive for this type of style. Well, because uh, because you got and the guys have mentioned it in the comment section. You got you got social media running right alongside this issue as well. Yeah. A guy gets mad, he goes straight to social media. You know, and it's and it's these are things that Harson has no patience for. Yeah, none. So I I, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how how you navigate this, and it's not like we're giving him a lot of grace, right? The last three Auburn coaches that have had losing records in a season have all been asked to leave prior to Harson. Chizik did it three and nine, gone. Tuberville five and seven, gone. Terry Bowden didn't even get a chance to finish the season. Yeah, they was like, pack your stuff now. Yeah. Bill Bill Oliver will see us the rest of the way. I we don't do well with losing seasons. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if this I, I, I like Harson. I really do like Harson. I think I think he is bringing a change that Auburn needs. I just don't know if he has enough time with the way college football is changing to change yeah. the culture at Auburn. That's a good point. That's a good point. So that's that's it, you yeah. you 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 take away nil and the transfer portal. I I think he has a legitimate shot, but I don't even think he has the same problems at Auburn that he had at Boise. I think these are new issues that he's dealing with. I agree. I, I agree that they, they are new problems, and they are new problems because he's different dealing with talent he didn't have to deal with. I think at Boise, you can say, here's where we are. Here's how we do things. And you can't just skip and jump to the next best thing being an hour and a half away or two hours away. Yeah. We've got within a 200-mile radius of Auburn, you've got two powerhouse programs. Two of the top-tier programs are right yeah. next door on either side. So you can lose guys to Alabama or or Georgia. In Boise, you could say, yeah, go to North Dakota State. Yeah. Washington. Washington was only good for a hot second before Chris Peterson left. 
Um, that I think that is something he has to deal with, not just hey, guys want money to come here through NIL, or hey, mm-hmm. guys can just leave when they don't like things. But now it's, you aren't even the biggest fish in the pond anymore. You aren't even the third biggest fish in the pond. We aren't even the sixth biggest fish in the pond. Texas A&M throwing around money like they are, LSU, a perennial recruiting powerhouse. Bama, Georgia, Tennessee, if they are on the right track, they are a... a just as entitled program as any other program in the SEC, I'll say that. They've had enough success in our lifetimes that they believe that they should be a powerhouse, so they are going to put resources into it, which, hey, McDonald's, you know, I'm loving it. So it's tough now because the hard-nosed coach angle works when the kids can't go anywhere. When they can, it hurts you. We have to assume, and really what we're waiting for is, can he only find only the guys that are his type of guys? Like, that's it. It's just got to be the um, nose-to-the-grindstone, straight-laced kids, stay out of trouble. I'm here to work. I don't mind, you know, doing whatever you ask me to do, no matter what it is. If you tell me to sit on the bench, I'm sitting on the bench. If you tell me I need to, to just lift weights this year, I'm just lifting weights this year. Whatever you tell me to do, coach, I'm going to do it. I think there are those guys out there. Those guys exist, and, and some of them are four- and five-star talent, but overwhelmingly, they probably aren't. And now you you are looking for diamonds in the rough everywhere. You're looking for that Josh Jacobson, the three-star who's just this unbelievable worker who you can turn into a five-star talent. Like, that is now what we seem to be in the market for. Guys who were slept on wherever they were at, or in high school they're recruited but not recruited too hard, and you and your staff see, you know what? I could turn you into something. All you got to do yeah. is be willing to work. And it's not that those guys aren't valuable. We've got a lot of those guys, and I'm glad we got those guys. But where does that leave us in the landscape of, of the SEC with the people that are around us? Because those guys... And, and to Saban's credit, what he has been able to do is it's not that he's been able to get three stars and make them work hard like Tuberville. Tuberville turned walk-ons and two- and three-star uh, recruits into NFL players. And we rarely ever got a five-star under Tuberville. What Saban has been able to do is take five stars and now make them work as hard as the three stars would have to step up to the next level. It's hard to beat that if all you're getting are guys who are just as talented but a little bit shorter at wide receiver. Just as talented but a little undersized at linebacker. Just as talented but don't have as long arms as cornerback. Because that's the difference between those three four-star guys and five-star guys. It's not that the skill sets are just way off. No, it's that they have elite skills and elite athleticism and size at the exact same time. So if you're telling me we've got guys with elite skills— but the guys with the elite athleticism are somewhere else. Now it, it's, it's an uphill battle. Yeah, it's an uphill battle. So, I, I think winning again. He can't. He can't go six and seven. I think. No. I think if he no. if he improves and wins, he like I said, some people have mentioned he does buy himself time. Yeah. I'm just. I just know that changing this culture is is going to take some time. I think right. is the argument that I'm making, given how college football is changing. And we have to get acclimated to guys just leaving because I think what after the national championship game, Bama was up to like 13 guys in the portal. They've had the most guys in the portal so far in the SEC. And so 
it's just the new normal now. And I think we just got to get used to that. Uh, Mr. Gibson says if the O-line target commits, are the recruits the problem or friend? He's saying if they don't come here, because we were asking, is, is Will Friend the guy? So, yeah. So, um, What I'll say about Will Friend is that I've heard positive statements made by guys on the O-line about him. Um, they have taken to them and they have improved in pass pro run blocking is still some work to be done there. Um, that was a bit disappointing considering that we were decent in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like we took a step back there. It could be an adjustment going from, um, yeah. Gap to zone. Yeah. Gap scheme to the zone scheme. And that, that is probably what some of it is. And maybe another year helps these guys. And I think I think that's a part of it. But then we didn't look as lost. Like Nick Brahms didn't look as lost in this year. So so there are some there are some things that I did see out of friend that was an improvement over what we experienced years prior. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just waiting. I'm giving. I'm. I've always said 2023 was going to be going to tell me everything I need to know about him as a recruiter. I don't know if he makes it that long. I'm not saying that he does. We'll see. But if he does, that will tell me everything I need to know about Will Friend.